This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Before we get things started, I just want to announce that Hey Bartender Podcast has started its own patron crowdfunding campaign. That's right. You can get on to www.patron.podbean.com slash heybartenderpodcast and check out some of the stuff that I've got going on there. I've got goals like over tipping a server. I have, uh, most of it's crowdfunding just so I can build a bigger and better podcast. And also you can find out ways to be a part of Bar- Hey Bartender podcast, get uh, shout outs from me or even do the shout outs yourself or do a video shout out on to my social media page and advertise yourself and the bar. Go check out patron.podbean.com slash Hey Bartender podcast today and find out what you can do to help fund Hey Bartender Podcast and what benefits are in it for you. I call it a tip jar with benefits. But until then, Laura Hope and the Arctones, get us started, please. Hey, Bartender, pass me a drink. A reason that I'm here is I need time to think. All the ways of the world. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. It is October 31st for some, for others, it's not at all. Uh, just depends on what part of the hemisphere and what part of the world you're sitting on. Hope you all had a great Halloween. Hopefully it was fun, exciting, and, and you know, uh, profitable at least. Um, this is the Halloween Hey Bartender podcast episode. Uh, since it is showing up late at night on October 31st, uh, it's kind of pointless to do any uh, do anything really special, I think. But uh, you know, really Halloween themed. So, uh, you know, let's just get on with the show right here, and let's start off with tonight's drink special. Uh, I went searching around for something on the internet, something cool, something fun, something funky, and I came across this Toffee Drop Martini. This comes from thecocktailproject.com. Now, how you make this is it's one part Jim Beam, one part Butter Shots, one part White Cream to Cocoa, and a splash of half and half. You pour all your ingredients into a mixture, shake and strain into a martini glass. Now, according to the picture, it has uh, what looks like some caramelized sugar or something like that for a garnishment. But I suppose you could put whatever you want on it. I mean, it's butter shots. You can put something sweet. You can throw a cherry on top of it. Do whatever you want. You're the bartender. You're the creative source of what is happening around town. How is everybody doing? Like I said, this is right after Halloween or the day of Halloween for in some cases. And, you know, uh, Halloween wasn't always really spectacular that I can remember, at least when I was a bartender, because back when I uh, when I was uh, first started bartending, it was a uh, banquet and there really wasn't anything to do unless uh there was some kind of holiday banquet going on, which there usually wasn't. And if there was, it had nothing to do with adults. Uh, the But when I started working at a real bar, uh, working behind the pine instead of something with wheels on it, uh, I started working actual Halloween parties. Now, uh, the first one that I honestly remember, I might have talked about this last year on uh, the Hey Bartender podcast Halloween episode last year. But uh, it... it you know, the the manager decided that she well I like I've told you guys before she had this 
whole idea that she was throwing some big extravaganza in a small town just south of uh, just south of the big city. So she thought she could attract a whole bunch of people from big city about 20 miles south, maybe less, maybe maybe 15 miles south of the big city. Get all those people to come down there just because she was throwing some kind of big deal. But really, it's really tough to get those people to come down there because, I mean, think about it. Do you really want to drive that far, get drunk, and then try have to try to drive home? You put yourself, uh, the customer puts themselves at risk. Customer puts himself at risk of uh, getting arrested, uh, get you know, getting into an accident. No, they're not going to do that. So like I told you, I've told you guys before, if you're going to do some kind of spectacular event, make sure you cater to the locals because uh, you're not going to get the uh, the big city people to come out to your bar if you're m- more than five miles south of wherever they're at. But anyway, I digress. We had a Halloween party uh, and they, you know, had Halloween specials. The manager had us get up in uh tuxedos she wanted to go for this whole phantom of the opera type of vibe but none of us wanted to wear the uh phantom mask because they were uncomfortable and uh and a little bit on the ridiculous side but we still had the word tuxedo and tails uh, which let me tell you in the middle of a bar where everybody's dancing everybody's uh crowd uh crowded around you're running around like uh like an idiot because you're trying to pour out as many drinks as you can you got servers running around back and forth it gets hot as fuck in those tuxedos with tails and it came up a little bit later for uh new year's eve that she wanted to do the tuxedo with tails again we were god no we'll do the we'll do the tux vests but we're not wearing the coats again and you know it was the halloween night was interesting because uh all of you uh, bartenders and servers have to agree with me that Halloween is not only kind of a fun, interesting night. You don't recognize most of your regulars because they're wearing a mask, but you're also going to have problems with rookies because they're wearing a mask and they're going to try to hide themselves uh, because they don't, you know, they've got a mask on and you can't see what they look like on their ID if they decide to bring it with them. You get those idiotic excuses like, oh, I didn't bring it with me so I can come in and drink anyway. Yeah, whatever. But nonetheless, I mean, everybody gets dressed up and, you know, you see the guys that really put some thought into it. And uh, some of the girls who put as little fabric into it as possible. Mm, Lovely, lovely. Anyway, uh, but uh, then you got those costumes where the people put way too much thought into it. It's just like, okay, all you're doing is wearing a white garbage bag what what the deal is that is that a weird ghost or something he goes no i'm white trash oh okay uh to me that's putting too much thought into a uh, making people think too hard about your costume but as bartenders and stuff like that we never really dressed up even oh or at least i didn't my uh in another bar that i worked at a little bit later we were making plans because halloween happened to be on my night and my night behind the bar i should say and everybody started asking me, what are you going to dress up as? And I said, a bartender, because I really had no interest whatsoever in dressing up in anything kind of fancy for Halloween night. And, you know, th- this was back in the early 2000s. So the whole fembot thing, uh, girls were still dressing up as that a lot, which, 
You hear me complaining? God, no. But, uh, you know, the other servers, they, you know, get dressed up in, like, uh, one of them said that she was a pregnant Amish woman. And, um, another, my other server said that she was, well, she put on some makeup to look like a cat. And I was just like, I'm, I can't get into this. No, it's not going to happen. But at least my uh, cook was uh, somewhat clever with it. He got a, uh, got himself a white T-shirt and drew on a giant magic eight ball and took the time to write out a whole bunch of responses. So when somebody said, shake the magic eight ball, he'd hand him a card and he had something clever written on it. Uh, that's putting a lot of time and effort into a uh, into a costume. Very few appreciated it, but still, he worked hard on it. Good job for him. But anyway, it is Halloween, and some of you people, I'm sure, uh, saw that in the last month on Facebook and Instagram, I posted on there, you know, I want to hear your stories about, uh, do you think your bar is haunted? And last year I did it and got a whole bunch of really, really groovy stories. And I mean, stories of people that, uh, you know, refuse to be in their bar alone or uh, girls who refuse to wear their hair up because they can feel somebody breathing on their neck when they're in the bar alone. You know, some really creepy stuff. And, you know, pretty much I did that this year. Didn't get as much uh, uh, responses I didn't pass, but still got some groovy responses. And the only reason why I start asking people about that, you know, is your bar haunted is because I was curious because I've told you guys about Phil. Phil was the ghost of one of the bars that I used to work at. And he didn't really ever bother me. In fact, I don't think he bothered anybody during the time that we were, uh, we were actually working there. Or at least I didn't put the, um, uh, put the thought into it that he was probably screwing with us because, you know, the jukeboxes, aren't they, you know, this is the days of the old CD player jukeboxes. You don't see those anymore. Uh, the jukebox would play a random song that never got played. I mean, I remember being in the bar doing the dishes and cleaning up all the glassware, getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden, uh, spice up your life starts playing on the jukebox. And I was like, I didn't even know we had spice. What is spice girls doing in our jukebox? I went over to the jukebox to make sure that we actually did have that. And Phil wasn't screwing with me. Yes. I, I kind of act like I didn't believe in Phil, but you know, why tempt fate? You know, just, you know, just to make sure, yes, we did have a spice girls album in there. And it's mostly because uh, we had a whole bunch of pop music in that jukebox because our uh, the owner of the bar, she kept putting in requests for specific music to be put in there that she liked, even though that uh, my customers really didn't like the music. But she thought since she liked it, everybody else would like it. So that was her justification for damn near everything. But remember... If you listened to last year's episode, uh, that owner of that bar was the first person to run into Phil. In fact, she was the one to name Phil because one night she was working. I guess she was there late at night and she was walking back into the kitchen area. And all of a sudden, all of the uh, knobs on the stove just flew right across the room and strange things that she refused to talk about started happening. So she automatically sat back and said, this place has a ghost. His name is Phil. And so we, like I said, I didn't run into Phil and I, and anything that could be justified as paranormal, 
that ever happened to me. I easily uh, sat back and uh, said it was just coincidence or it was just me being stupid. Coincidence, that was the jukebox. I mean, maybe somebody was listening to the Spice Girls or the jukebox just decided to hit random, and that was the uh, first one that came up. But there was one night where I was working, and I was carrying glassware back to the uh, back to behind the bar. You know, I had to do the nightly rounds, picking up glassware from the people playing at the pool tables. And I'd already closed. I was in there by the, by myself. The TV was on, and I picked up some uh, picked up the glassware, and one of them slipped out of my hand. It almost felt like it was heavier than the others, and it just slipped right out and shattered all over the ground. And somehow, one of the shards jumped up and impaled itself into my uh, left forearm. And it, I didn't think anything of it at first. I just looked at it, saw the glass, pulled it out of my arm, threw it on the ground. God damn it. And I was, I sat back and I sat and said, well, maybe I was carrying too many glass uh, glasses at once. So, you know, that wasn't Phil trying to stab me. Uh, if he was trying to stab me, he didn't do a very good job of it. But your mind does play with you sometimes, doesn't it? You're in the bar, you're by yourself. All of a sudden you're deafened by the quietness of what's going on because not just, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes right before you just realize you're in that moment, you realize that everything's quiet. Nobody is talking, but then all of a sudden something happens. You hear something drop in the kitchen. You hear, uh, I don't know, something, the toilet flush or, uh, one of the TVs, you forgot to turn it off, but then all of a sudden you hear screaming or a car crash or something coming from the TV. Or maybe even you, uh, maybe even TV came back on by itself. You don't know. And you're all of a sudden checking doors. You're all of a sudden checking corners and you're, uh, you're scared half to death. So, you know, that's, that's the life of being a bartender. Um, cause you're in that bar usually by yourself late at night. Nobody else is there. And all you've got around you is, uh, money and alcohol. And, you know, may, maybe after hearing that, uh, mop drop in, uh, in the closet, you had to go uh, buy, buy yourself a shot just because you had to calm your nerves down a little bit. Am I right? But anyway, here's, here's down to uh, the stories that I got from Facebook from all of you awesome bartenders that were uh, decided to participate in my question. I put it out there. Is your bar haunted? Let me know in the comments for the Halloween show, which this is. The first one that I received was from a Tracy Vanderpool. The bar where she works has antiques hanging from the walls and ceilings. Uh, well, let's let's say this in her point of view. The bar where I work has antiques hanging from the walls and ceilings. We even have a payphone that actually works. Other than bartending there, I clean on certain times of the week at close just to make some extra money. The payphone is two feet away from where I sit at the bar when I'm taking a break. Well, for the past three years, the payphone rings twice out of nowhere in the middle of the night. We used to have a customer call on, the, on that phone looking for her husband some years ago. They both are now deceased. I don't know if it's anything, but I'm, it sure freaks me out in a quiet-ass bar. You know, uh, Tracy, that is an awesome story. Uh, that was probably something that you would expect uh, on 
uh, some horror movie, you know, or Twilight Zone episode uh, to come out with something like that, because honestly, that would freak me out. Uh, I mean, who uses a damn uh, payphone anymore? Everybody's got cell phones. Everybody's uh, got something in their pocket and cell phones are a thing of the past. But your bar still has one that works, obviously. But you, why would anybody be calling there late at night? Weird. I'm going to just keep telling ghost stories here. This is kind of cool. The next story I got here comes from Lynette Padovich. She says, I work at the Gateway Pub in Davenport, Iowa. It used to be the J.P. Morgan building built in the 1800s and has been an open running bar ever since. Nothing ever different. The amount of people in and above the bar in the apartments have endless stories. The one we encounter the most is the backroom man. Mainly a shadow figure, and he likes to turn lights on and off, slam the toilet seats down, turn the water on, and pull your hair. The one in the basement is creepy. You know it's there, and you can see it in the one area that's still a dirt room. It's cold, dank, smelling like wet leaves, and the owner refuses to go down there. Objects being thrown at you is not cool, but we deal with it. Laugh out loud. Uh, Lynette. Great story that uh, that definitely uh, uh, put a shiver in the back of my neck because uh, you, you get those dark corners, especially in those antique buildings all over the uh, all over the world in various places like bars. Um, you would you would expect that uh, in a bar that a lot of stuff like that would happen just because uh, there's history there. And like she said, that's a J.P. Morgan building that and which later turned into a bar. I've heard stories that the McMinimins pubs in Oregon, majority of them have some kind of haunted story because they're not all built, built bars. They're all buildings that McMinimins took over and turned into, into a bar. And each one of those has a story that goes along with it. So it doesn't surprise me a lot that the JP Morgan building that uh, Lynette, Lynette, Lynette's bar took over is has some kind of creepy past, especially since it has apartment buildings right above it. Ooh, uh, somebody call the Ghostbusters on that one. That one's pretty good. Well, that reminds me. Did anybody uh, check out that uh, picture that Boogie Lives put out? You know, uh, one of the guys that was in the picture actually commented on that, saying that was him in the picture. And so I had to ask him, you know, are you sure was that? Um, there was nothing behind you there. And he goes, no, sir. There was nothing that went down those stairs or up those stairs. So that's got to uh, creep you out a little bit because to find uh, some weird looking thing in the bottom right-hand corner, it's on the Facebook and Instagram page. Go ahead and look for it. You see a picture of two people together getting their picture taken. And in the bottom right-hand corner, there's this just weird looking thing, possibly like demonic. So, uh, Get on the Instagram and Facebook page and uh, go check it out and uh, see what you think it is. Continuing on with another ghost story. This one comes from Kristen Danielle Griffin. Uh, answering the question, is your bar haunted? She says, yes, with six S's. There's an old natural light bottle we keep on display in memory of a regular that passed almost every shift before anyone comes in and I'm there alone. The bottle will slide its way off off of the bar, onto the wooden floor, rolls for a second, cooler door, 
rolls to the second cooler door and stops. It it's happened when other bartenders are in with me. It and it does the same thing to them. No music playing, so no bass shake or anything either. Very unexplainable. That's uh, very. Uh, everybody, uh, we we all think that our we all like to think that our regular customers like to haunt uh, their our bars because that was just their home away from home. That was where they felt comfortable. So where else would you want to be other than the dressing room of a Victoria's Secret than uh, back at your neighborhood bar with all your friends? So great story there. Uh, next one, Liz Florentino. She says, we have motion sensor cameras that only play when things move. They constantly go off in a sequence as if someone is walking through the bar when no one is there. That's besides the random noises and whatnot when I'm closing up. Well, uh, Liz, great start to the story. Uh, just all of a sudden, your motion-sensitive cameras, you, you see that on uh, uh, TikTok or Ghost Hunters where they put up these motion-sensitive motion cameras and they pick up something. where Nobody ever gets to see what it is. It's just something weird. It just all of a sudden sets off all the cameras and in her case, uh, it sets off in a particular sequence. That would be weird, especially when you're uh, checking up on it the next day. The next story we got here comes from Claire Blackburn from Facebook. She says, went running down to the basement at 2 a.m. to drop my cash and noticed the light flickering in the office in my peripheral. I saw the silhouette of a man in a suit. From the 1920s or 30s, I froze, looked to my right, and it was gone. I bolted back up the stairs, never seen it since. I'm sober, so I wasn't imagining it. Now, uh, I have to laugh just because you uh, had to mention that you were sober. Of course you were sober. You were working. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Uh, but, you know, we don't, um, you know, it's those sober moments where you can get scared because you're not... Uh, you're a little tense, plus, you know, at the end of your shift, and uh, your mind plays tricks on you. Like I said, the music stops, uh, and there's nobody talking anymore, and then it's just you and whatever goes on in your brain. But it doesn't mean that the ghosts don't exist. Heather Marie, also from Facebook, she also said, Yes, we had a regular die last year. We put a framed picture of him on the bar. I was the one who found him at his home because he came in every day and just stopped. Anyway, at Christmas, I put a Santa hat on the corner of the picture, worked a whole shift, and the next morning I came in and his picture had smashed all over the floor. Now, was he not a fan of Christmas? Uh, uh, that's you now that's something that would be tough to explain. Uh, work a whole shift. And then uh, see that picture there with the Santa hat. And then all of a sudden the next morning when nobody's there, nobody's been there the entire shift, all of a sudden the picture's on the ground shattered. Weird. Man, some of these stories are really dark, but of course, what do you expect? This is Halloween. Next up, uh, I've got Jennifer Martin. She says, the Bayard House, the oldest building in Chesapeake City, Maryland. Former owner hung himself in my office when when Prohibition put him into debt. You can hear footsteps at night and the 
He apparently likes music because the music will randomly turn on blasting at night when you're closing by yourself. Multiple people have seen a woman in a green dress as well. Now, I would want to know more about that. Uh, now, who's doing the actual haunting here? Is it the owner because of the prohibition or is it the woman in the green dress or do they have something in common? That would be interesting because, uh, you know, you I hear stories all the time about poltergeists uh, uh, bothering people all because they didn't complete one little thing in their life. And that story of a woman in a green dress uh, and the owner hanging himself at the same bar, two ghosts occupying the same bar with two different agendas. That's got to be creepy. A couple more is all I got. So let's just read these off. We have a bar. Oh, Lori Nagel. She says, we have a bar stool that turns itself halfway around. I've seen it. And a few other bartenders have also seen it. Uh, now I'm, are they, I guess she decided that's to blame that on a ghost. Just all of a sudden the bar stool starts to turn. That's weird. Uh, Derry Smith West. She writes, we call him cowboy. He worked at the bar. He dropped dead of a heart attack at the door. Doors creak and squeak. Things get moved and bar stools can be put perfectly up to the bar before closing. And the next day they're all turned outward had a sleeve of foam bowls fly off the shelf in dry storage just over my head. And I say, stop it, cowboy. And it stops. Gary Smith, uh, West, that sounds like you've got a fill situation kind of like me. Just because every night right after uh, shift, even if Phil didn't really screw with us, uh, which he rarely did, uh, every night right before we left, uh, even after I was let go of that place, I'd go over there and visit my bartending friends, and they'd let me hang out there after shift. And as we were walking out the back door, we'd always say, Good night, Phil, just because you know you want to acknowledge that he's there. You, uh, keeps him happy, you know, he, uh, just... Uh, we've had stools fall down and we've all, all yelled, damn it, Phil, or, uh, whatever, something that we didn't feel like explaining at that point in time. But every night we say goodnight to Phil. So I encourage all of you bartenders out there, say goodnight to your ghost. That's, uh, it's fun, exciting, and really weirds out other people that don't work there with you. And cause why, who's Phil? Why are you saying goodnight to Phil? And cause that. And then you tell them it's the, uh, the ghost and they might uh, brush it off at first, but then they might think, huh, really now promises is promise, uh, for you people that participated in the, is your bar haunted question. I did say that the best story gets a Hey bartender podcast t-shirt. Oh, let's see. You know, I, uh, the, the first two that I did, did read, uh, Tracy Vanderpool, your, uh, your bar that has antiques and everything and the creepy t uh, payphone that rings out of nowhere, uh, that was pretty good. But you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go with Lynette's Pat Lynette Padovich's story of the Gateway Pub in Davenport, Iowa, the, uh, the old J.P. Morgan building, uh, because... Uh, that one really freaked me. Uh, that would really freak me out. Uh, they, uh, her and her back door, man, uh, back, back door, man, woo, uh, back room, man, uh, 
just you know she set the mood she uh gave me a good picture and yeah that would freak me out so lynette i will be contacting you very soon and sending you a free hey bartender podcast t-shirt thank you so much everybody for participating uh in this story hopefully uh, a little bit uh, next year or you know anytime you guys want to contact me uh, for any reason whatsoever i'm your bartender you can uh, email me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com or you can follow me on facebook and instagram both uh, are hey bartender podcast and send me a message tell me about your bar if you want to come on to the show hell come on you know just let me know that you want to be on the show and i'll get you on here uh, because I love talking to people and finding out about other bars and all your bar stories. All right, before we move on to our musical guest, I just want to remind all of you guys to head on over to bartenderszonecoffee.com. They've got a large selection of different blends and brews that you can choose from, and they are all the ones that I've tasted, honestly, are very good. Some of them strong enough to take your head off, but hell, that's why we drink coffee, isn't it? So head on over to bartenderszonecoffee.com right now and get yours today. Next up, we got a uh, musical guest. Yes, I'm bringing back the Dorina Harvey Band. If you remember in episode 136, I brought them on to, and they allowed me to play their single, The Last Shanty, uh, because, and I saw that clip on TikTok of a lot of different people using that song to lip sync to and dressing as pirates. Uh, I found it really cool, uh, really fun. Uh, uh, so they asked me, uh, Hey, do you mind doing our original song? And I'm like, hell yeah. I want to do one of your original songs too. So here from Alberta, Canada, this is the Dorina Harvey band with their single up all night. So let's get right to the business of bottles and songs. There's no shortage of measures, and the memories are coming on strong. Easy, they flow right along. I believe I know what lies in store. It looks like we're gonna be up all night Counting stars in the sky My love is just like old times One song more, maybe two, maybe four Cause I'm no good for goodbyes Let's catch the sun by surprise We're gonna be up all night On wheels and floorboards are bouncing from the jigs and the reeds, and we're kicking up our heels. Here we go, one and on, and swing round and round, and last call for the bar. Oh, it's the saddest of sounds. Here's a bottle, homeward bound.
Once again, that was the Dorena Harvey Band with their single Up All Night. If you want to check out more of them, you can find them on uh, you can find them on Apple Music. You can find them on Bandcamp.com. That's where I go to find all of you guys uh, some good music to listen to. Um, it, uh, they've got a website, the Dorena Harvey Band.com. They're also available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go check out their new album, Rove and Go. Uh, it's the one that I posted that video that they sent me, uh, which is totally awesome. You guys should, uh, definitely check it out. But their new single, Up All Night, is available on Bandcamp.com and other streaming services. I was thinking about for this show to find some kind of Halloween-themed type of music, but really couldn't find anything. I mean, you can find things that are demonic, satanic, uh, or something like that, but that kind of goes along. It's not specifically written for the holiday. That's just the way that the songwriter wrote it. So, you know, having a little bit of Celtic rock in there, uh, self-described Celtic rock from the Dorena Harvey band, it's always welcome, don't you think? You know, I always uh, kind of remembered the, the first full-on Halloween that we were uh, we were celebrating at the at the bar. They hadn't made a decision yet on any kind of like costume or something like that. Well, the bar owner hadn't made made the decision that she wanted everybody to dress like the Phantom of the Opera, and so she was basically like, "Well, you can dress up in a costume if you want, just nothing that you're going to trip over." And then immediately my bouncer says, damn it, I was going to go dressed as John Holmes. If you don't know who that is, look him up. Uh, and some of you would be pleasantly surprised. Some of you won't be. <laughs> but the customers would sometimes get really creative with their costumes. Some of them wouldn't. I mean, there was probably, there was one year where I saw two guys dressed up in the same motocross uh, gear, you know, the motocross leathers and carrying a helmet. And to my knowledge, neither of them have even knew how to ride a motorcycle, and which I thought was kind of goofy. And I started wondering if they shopped at the same store, because what's the point of having a motocross gear if you don't even ride a motorcycle? But that quote from the movie Mean Girls, where they uh, where they said uh, Halloween is basically the night where a woman can dress up like a complete slut and nobody can say a word about it. I have to agree with it in most cases, and did I hate any second of it? No, I'm a guy. Of course I didn't. And, you know, that's probably the most sexist thing I've ever said on this podcast, but I really don't mind at this point. Because back in the early 2000s, I used to see women dressed up as fembots from the Austin Powers movie, uh, Peggy Bundy from Married with Children. For some reason, that really worked for me. Uh, and the various different girls with little to nothing on wearing just animal ears on their head at some kind of animal ears, like whether they're a cat or a sexy mouse or something like that. I've seen it all. And you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, the guys, whether they got into it or not, some of the guys, uh, didn't even bother. I mean, their, their girlfriend or wife would get fully dressed up in Halloween gear but then they still come in with the shorts and the t-shirt and bring their pool cue because they all they're interested in is going and playing pool. They're not interested in the whole Halloween aspect. And I felt sorry for one of my customers because she was just kind of sitting at the bar kind of bored because she was tired of watching her husband play pool all night long. So she wasn't having a good time. So I was you know, trying to entertain her a little bit, but I could tell she was getting a little uncomfortable because uh, she probably thought I was hitting on her. And so I backed off after a few minutes. It, it was just, uh, you know, I don't want, 
I never like it when women have that feeling around me that they're completely uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, he's hitting on me. What, you know, I got to, you know, you've been coming into my bar uh, ever since I started. I know you're married and I'm not going to take the opportunity to hit on you. If you hit on me, that's a different story. Anyway, no, that's not a completely different story. I mean, if I know your husband and uh, respect him, uh, I shouldn't, that's, that's something I really shouldn't get into because I did that sort of thing never really happened to me at the bar. So, uh, even though I've heard dozens upon dozens of stories of, uh, people, uh, going home with somebody at the end of their shift, almost every, you know, sometimes, uh, two, three times a week, whatever. And yeah, honestly, people, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, hand to the Bible didn't happen to me all that often, if at all. But the women did catch me staring quite a few times. Uh, like, like I was saying, the fembots or the uh, Peggy Bundys uh, walking by me. Yeah, I looked and damn sure they knew that I was looking just because that it was something to fun to look at. You know, can you blame me? But there was one time where a person's costume made me a little bit nervous just because uh, it wasn't incredibly obvious what he the accessories he had with him were part of the costume he comes in dressed up in full gangster mode and it's got the fedora he's got this uh, pinstripe suit he's got the uh red carnation in his lapel but he's also carrying what looks like a gun and that made me watch him pretty closely because you know i don't want anybody walking in my bar with a gun and eventually he uh, pointed off into a safe direction and proved that it was a toy. And uh, I guess he took the time to paint off the orange uh, uh, orange thing that's supposed to be on the front of the barrel to prove to cops that it's a toy. But, uh, yeah, that's putting his life in danger. If all of a sudden he see, a cop sees him walking around with a pistol like that without the safety orange on it, uh, that could get you in real trouble. I mean, uh, look back in the eighties, uh, people used to get shot by cops all the time because it was a toy gun. It was dark. It looked real enough. Sergeant Al Powell talks about it in die hard. Come on. I mean, Al Powell die hard, but the customers that would make themselves up to the point where I couldn't recognize them at all. If my life depended on it, uh, those are the ones I could tell the customer actually got a little upset. One of them actually took a little bit of offense to it because I had no idea who the hell they were. And I said, what the hell do you expect me to Your face is completely covered in latex. How am I supposed to recognize you? And it's not like you can take off the stormtrooper helmet and automatically show, hey, it's me. No, no. Uh, they had the full latex mask glued to their face. And, you know, I couldn't tell who they were, and it's not like they could uh, reveal who they were to me at any point in time. But they took a little bit of offense to that, but they got over it after a few drinks. No big deal. But I hope everybody had a good Halloween. It is last call, people. Last call for alcohol and on this Halloween night. Uh, at least at this that's um, Halloween night is when I posted this. So you guys, whether you listen to it on that night or whether... Uh, you listen to it uh, a few weeks later, yeah, that's totally up to you. But I hope you all had a good Halloween night. Hopefully everybody was safe. I know during this COVID thing, having a Halloween celebration would be kind of tough. But if you were able to get out uh, and gather candy with your kids at a trunk or treat type of thing, 
or even visit a couple houses just for uh, just for shits and grins. It would be hilarious for me to see a Power Ranger walk up to the door with a surgical mask on just uh, to be COVID safe. I I personally, I think that would be hilarious, but that's just me. Special thanks to the cocktailproject.com for supplying me, whether they liked it or not, with the toffee drop martini. Uh, Give that a try. Let me know what you think of it. And remember, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Also, uh, thank you again to the Dorena Harvey Band from Edmonton, Alberta, for letting me use another one of your songs on my podcast. Uh, it uh, To be able to get one song on my show is great. Two songs, that's an honor. If you guys uh, know a band or are in a band that wants to be on Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com or message me on Facebook or Instagram. Hey Bartender Podcast is uh, my name on both places there. You know, real quick, I wanted to tell a real quick story. There was one waitress that was deathly afraid of Phil. She didn't want to acknowledge anything about him whatsoever. And I so badly wanted to sneak into the bar at the end of her shift. And when she, because uh, eventually she gave in, she, uh, like I said, didn't want to tempt fate. Just might as well say goodnight to him just so that your night, uh, that he doesn't screw with you. And so she eventually said, started saying goodnight, Phil, with the rest of us. But one night, I wanted, just one night, I wanted so badly to sneak in there with a speaker. And then as soon as she says goodnight, goodnight, Phil, I wanted to say something either like uh, goodnight you know, and her name. I don't want to say her name. And, and see what her reaction is. Either that or is my name isn't Phil. And see what she does. and you Because... Know, the freak out probably would have been priceless. Of course, back in the early 2000s, there were no cell phones. So, uh, and YouTube wasn't a big thing yet. So, uh, it, you know, nobody would have ever gotten to see it except for me. I would have enjoyed that moment, cherished it, loved it, probably had kids with it because the moment was so beautiful. Yeah. So beware. Uh, some, some of your coworkers may, uh, prey on your, uh, sensitivities to things like that can be fun though so yeah that's enough of that so like always people i hope you had a great halloween and as always i have to wish you all lots of love lots of sex lots of happiness and remember don't take any shit from anyone good night what do you mean it's let's go i just got Good night, Phil.